Davey is doing an absolute phenomenal job here. I can't thank him enough. He is an amazing addition to the team here. Davey, thank you. So the teacher just decides, nope, sorry, I'm not, I, I can't help you out there. It's like, oh no. And the same holes they got into the year before, they're going into again. And you think, why am I even trying? Why am I even trying? Husbands, you know what this is like. She finally forgave you. She finally forgave you. You had the right combinations of the I'm sorry, the I will never do it again, the please, please uh, give me a second chance. And she finally forgave you. Now, she didn't forget. Keep that in mind. She did not forget. She forgave you, but she did not forget. And the reason why she forgave you could be all kinds of different things. Maybe she just got tired of being mad at you. It was like, you know, I'm sick and tired of being mad at you. It's actually easier for me to just forgive you. So I'm going to forgive you. And then we're just going to call it good. Praise God. And you tell her, I'm never doing that again, I promise. And then before you even get around the first corner, you've done it again, haven't you? And she reminds you, you told me you would never do this again. You promised me, you said you wouldn't, and here you are. You know, sometimes it's hard to live up to the expectations of another. Sometimes it's hard to live up to our own expectations. Now, just like me, you probably have these expectations over all of the other drivers on the road. Anyone have an expectation of the drivers on the road? Okay. I will publicly declare my expectations of the drivers on the road so my whole family hears in the vehicle what my expectations of everyone else is. And my oldest son will point out to me every single time I forget to use my blinker. And it is very irritating to me because I tell myself I am better than that. I can do this. I will use my blinker every single time. And Tristan will say, uh, dad, blinker. Oh! And I fell in the hole again. Now, maybe the hole is I am never having ice cream ever again. I am never having a second piece of cake ever again. I'm going to make sure I never yell at my kids again. I'm not going to lose my temper again. I'm not going to drink this. I'm not going to use that. I'm not going to think this. I'm not going to do this thing. And you have the best intentions and yet you fall in the hole again. And this thought hits you. Why do I even try? What's the point? And some people just quit trying. Some people quit altogether. And that's never good. So I want to ask you, have you been there? Have you been there? You know, this can happen spiritually too. Thank Jesus for fresh starts. I mean, we went to him as a messed up person. We went to him broken, bruised, ashamed. Uh, we, we went there with, with 
all kinds of doubt and fear. And we said, Jesus, please, please help me. And Jesus was faithful to save you and me. Jesus was there to meet us in our time of need and give us a brand new start. And we said, Jesus, please forgive me, forgive me. And we have this thought, I'm going to try to live life right, correct? I'm gonna try to do this thing right. I'm gonna do this thing the way grandma wanted me to do this thing all along. For some reason, I didn't pay attention to her, but I really should have paid attention to grandma. And we have the best intentions and we fall in the hole. Jesus, please forgive me, please forgive me. And Jesus gives us a fresh start. And we think, maybe I need to read some Bible stuff. Maybe there's something in the Bible that can help me. So we go to the wisest man ever to walk the face of the earth other than Jesus himself. We, we look at the words of Solomon, and here's what Solomon says after he has talked about life in its entirety. This is what Solomon says. Here now is my final conclusion. If the smartest man on the face of the planet says, here now is my final conclusion, we should pay attention to what he's about to say. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. Okay, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be really intentional. This is something I want to do. And before we get around the first corner, we've fallen in the hole again. And for so many people, this is their Christian life. Jesus, forgive me. Thank you for being my savior. We go out on the journey and we fall. Jesus, forgive me. Thank you for being my savior. We go on the journey and fall. And we do it over and over and over and over again. Maybe we make it to step six. Maybe we make it to step 12. We fall in a hole and then we get back and then we fall in the hole on the second one. We're like, come on. Why is this happening? Now there can be a whole bunch of reasons, but I'm gonna offer you one reason today. It's because we're trying to obey the Savior. We're trying to obey the Savior. You see, when we came to Jesus, we said, Jesus, please save me. Please help me. Please forgive me. Give me a fresh start. Maybe some of you are here today and you're in that spot. I encourage you, make that decision today. Some of you made the decision at Celebrate Minnesota. Some of you made the decision years ago, but you find yourself here. Dear Jesus, forgive me, save me, help me. And then out of that desire, we have this thought process, I wanna try to do things right. And we skip a whole step of this whole idea of surrendering your life to Jesus. We keep him as a savior and we never let him be Lord. We try to obey the savior and we don't obey the Lord. I have had people help me in my times of need. They have been a representation of a savior in my life. Has anyone ever had someone help you? Anyone? Okay, hope. If you haven't raised your hand, okay. But did you allow that same person to direct everything you do from that point? 
Did you let that person tell you what you were supposed to do tomorrow? No, I don't even know the guy. I mean, he helped me out, praise God. My debit card wasn't working at the Walmart, and a dude just paid for my soda. This is so amazing. He saved you, but you're not letting that guy direct your whole entire life, are you? We're comfortable as human beings of letting Jesus be our savior, what we're not comfortable with is letting him be our Lord. And when you let Jesus be your Lord, everything changes because you're not responding in a way of saying, oh, oh, Jesus, you did this for me, so now I'm gonna try to live my life in honor of you. No, when Jesus is your Lord, he's telling you, do this and you do that. So I have a question for you. Is Jesus your savior? Hopefully, prayerfully. Is he also your Lord? Is he also your Lord? There's a process that that came to me and I hope this helps you. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Believe in the savior and obey the Lord. All the same person, right? But it changes us. It changes us. Obey the Lord. Well, Tommy, what does it look like to obey the Lord? I don't even know. Like, is is God telling me, turn left, turn right, go straight, don't go here, don't go there, say this, don't say that? Yes. Is there anything in the Bible that kind of tells us some things that we're supposed to do or not do? Yes. And guess what? We're going to go through some of it today. Amen? All right. So in Philippians, Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. And he's giving them all kinds of instructions and different things to do and think about and be And it's not all this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do... How many of you know the Christian life is so much more about the things we're supposed to do than not do? What if holiness was more a measure of the things we did and not the things that we didn't do? I'm so thankful that Jesus does stuff, aren't you? We serve Jesus because of what he has done, not because of what he has not done. So if we want to really be a representation of who Jesus is on the face of the planet, let us measure ourselves against the things we do, not the things that we don't do. Oh, I was at the party, but I didn't do this. I was at the family gathering, but I didn't do this. I was with the group of people, they started talking about something that wasn't good, so then I just left the group. Praise God, that is awesome things. But don't stay there. Keep in mind that obeying the Lord is not just about not doing things, it's about doing things. Be a doer of the word, right? Be a doer of the things that Jesus said. So Paul is writing to the church in Philippi and he's trying to give them instructions, trying to encourage them. And here's what he says. He says, dear friends, I just love that. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it is even more important. Now, isn't it easy to follow the instructions of the boss when the boss is right there? 
Man, people have never been more productive than when the boss is on the job site. Isn't it easy to follow what your parents tell you when your parents are there? Because you know if you don't listen or don't follow what your parents are saying, they're going to come on to you right away. So Paul is saying, you've done very good at following my instructions, but now I need you to follow my instructions even when I'm not there. And we can think it would be so easy if Jesus just was with us all the time. If he just went to work with us, if he just went to school with us, if he came to the family reunion with us, if he was with us all the time, it would be so much better. And I will let you know, he already is. He's in here. He's in here. Jesus is right where you always wanted him to be. The challenge is Jesus wants to get you where you need to be. Man, if Jesus was just by me and helping me throughout the day, that prayer has already been answered. The question is, will you obey? Oh, that word here in America just doesn't seem right because we're in the land of the free. You can make the free choice to say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Guide me and direct me and show me what I'm supposed to do. Here I am. Paul goes on to say, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Now, make sure you pay attention to the wording that's used here. You are not working hard to be saved. You're not working hard to to hopefully end up going to heaven one day. You're working hard to show the results of your salvation. There should be a before and after picture with your faces on it. This is who you were before the Lord. This is who you are after making Jesus your Lord and Savior. You should not be the same if you really committed to doing this. And let me say it this way, you cannot be the same if you really committed to doing this. If Jesus is really your Lord and Savior, your life has changed and your life is transformed. So work hard at showing the results of that. There should be a difference that is seen. And then it has a key word that we're talking about today, obeying God <gasps> with deep reverence and fear. So Tommy, what is reverence? I have this definition for you. To have a profound respect and love. When you have a reverent attitude toward God, you honor him. You express your gratitude to him and you obey his commandments. When you have a reverence for God, you are telling God you are awesome, you are amazing, you are incredible. That's what we were doing for 20 minutes earlier in this service. That's what we were doing. You're saying, God, you're so awesome. You're worthy of my praise. You're worthy of my worship. And because of who you are, I will also obey the things you've told me to do. Don't forget that part. 
If God is truly everything that we claimed he was earlier in the service, that should demand a response from myself and you to then obey the things he tells us to do. Otherwise, it's just lip service. Otherwise, we're just telling God a whole bunch of things that we personally really don't believe in enough to have to walk out ourselves. You know, when my family was playing the labyrinth game and I was standing at the table watching them play, I was giving them instructions. Oh, you should do this. Be, be careful here. Don't do, don't, don't be careful, be careful. And they looked at me like, shut up. Don't talk to me about this. And I thought, it's so much easier giving the other person instructions, isn't it? It's so much easier to tell, watch out, watch out. Oh, you've messed up again. Oh, man, do we do the same thing spiritually. It's so easy to know where your neighbor's messing up. It's so easy to know where your spouse is messing up. It's so easy to know where anyone else should change what they are doing in a response to obey God. But oh, if the tables are turned on us, oh, shut up. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me about that. I am doing the best I can. Don't talk to me about that. Our reverence and fear towards God will help us in the process of obeying him. Paul goes on, he says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I absolutely love this verse. God is working in you, giving you the the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So before coming to Jesus, we wanted to do a whole bunch of things that were not godly, that maybe were not good and not Christian-like, not Jesus-like. We chased after this, we chased after that and did a whole bunch of nasty, no good, very bad things. Then we invite Jesus into our life and he helps giving, give us the desire to change what it is that we're doing. And then he empowers us to actually do those things. Think about this for a moment. Jesus isn't just saying, don't do this. I want you to do that. And then just leaves us hanging. No, he empowers us to say no to this and say, I want this. But then he actually gives us power to chase after what it is that we are wanting to do. Jesus isn't saying, I need you to obey the things that I'm, that I'm telling you and then just leaves you to yourself to figure it all out on your own. He helps you in the process. The things of this world are no longer a temptation to you. The things that you used to do, you no longer want to do. Not because you're afraid. I've always, always wondered, what's your motivation for listening to God? Is it because of a fear of that he might, if you don't? Or is it out of a love for him? Same action, but a different motivation. Are you listening to him because you know you should and you want to and it's a way of you expressing your love and gratitude towards him or is it because I know if I don't, grandma told me, same action, different motivation. 
So Jesus helps us to say no to the things of this world, the things that are anti-God. And I want you to understand, God wants you to be successful. God wants you to be a person that others look up to. Not in just a like, oh, look at them, but in a, man, I really wish I could do life like them. God wants to help you be at the party and not need to partake of anything that's at the party that's not of him. God wants, you, wants to help you be at work and not have to dive into all of the terrible things that happen at work. And he's going to help you have a desire to do that and then start to do other things. I'm gonna give you the desire to do what I want you to do and then I'm gonna empower you to go ahead and do it. If I tell my kids, I want you to change out the garbage, but I don't got any garbage bags for them, they're not really gonna be successful at doing that, are they? So I provide for them the things that they need to carry out the tasks that I am telling them to do. Otherwise, I'm setting them up for failure. Some of you think God's only set you up for failure. You're wrong. You found yourself at the bottom of a hole and the bottom of a hole and the bottom of a hole again and you're thinking, this isn't worth it. I don't know why I'm doing this. I keep messing up. I want you to know God is giving you the desires to say no to everything here and to say yes to everything over here and to move forward and grab these things. God is not limiting you. I had a friend tell me just a few weeks ago, no one wants you to be more successful than God. He is and always will be your greatest cheerleader. He is for you more than anyone else ever in history and ever in the future. He wants you to win at this thing called life. And that's why he cares so much about the things that we do. If you think about it, we listen to our parents, maybe. We listen to teachers, maybe. We listen to coaches. Why do we listen to coaches? Because we care enough about having playing time. We listen to people in authority because we care so much about what it is that they can give us. Why do we pay attention to the officer when they pull us over? Because we know if we don't give them any attention, if we don't give them any respect, it's not going to go good for us, amen? Right? Now, God isn't pulling us over. He shouldn't have to. But we should care enough to listen to what Jesus has to say because we know what will happen as a result. He gives you the desire and the power to carry out his will. Then he says, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. I'm amazed at the things that my kids will respond to without arguing and complaining. And I'm amazed at the things when the arguing and the complaining starts. So my kids are absolutely amazing. I can talk about them. I'm not going to talk about your kids, but I can talk about my kids. When it comes to doing dishes, oh, it's like... 
it's like everything, ah, it's your turn to wash. Nobody wants to wash. Everybody wants to dry. And if you can just put the dishes away, that's the best job. But the person that's doing the wash, and I tell them all the time, before they start, I want a peaceful place. I do not want to have to come at you and talk to you about what is going on. Am I right? Yes, okay. And they know by expectation. A couple times, it, it's like right around here. And then it's like, hey, hey, stop it. And then hopefully I help them meet that expectation. But sometimes when we're asked to do things like, and I was thinking about this where Paul is talking to this church and saying, do everything without arguing and complaining. I realized myself, I don't think Paul is talking about doing the mundane things of this world. Like, you got to go clean out the sheep pen. Oh! Do the things God wants you to do without arguing and complaining. What if we did that stuff? What if we understood that God's already empowered us to do the things he's called us to do? I don't want to talk to that neighbor. I don't want to have to be the only one that's standing there in the party that has an apple juice. So God's saying, do do you want to do what I'm asking you to do or not? And if you do, then don't cry and whine about it. Because you know I only want what's best for you. And I'm not going to tell you to do anything that I don't see is going to be beneficial for you in the moment and in the long run. Just do what I say and try, try really hard. Don't complain about it and we'll be good. Paul's saying some really good things to them and to us by extension. He says, live clean lives or clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Live clean, innocent lives and shine like bright lights in a world of crooked and innocent people. Just a few weekends ago, our family had an event at the Stearns County Fair. And we're there all day hanging out with people that are not like you people. Now, good people, yes. Great people, sure. But there's definitely a way of people that out, out there that can be perverse and crooked, right? You, you know these people. Maybe some of you are thinking, I am that people, and that's okay. I, I'm thankful that you are here. 
Now, there was no crosses. There was no praise and worship songs. There was no Bible verses being read. There was no, no, let's get on a knee and pray. There was no any of those things. But one of the families that was kind of around us for an extended period of time, they were from Iowa. I didn't know it at the time, but I do know it now. The mom comes up to me and she says, I have a question for you. It's like, okay, what is it about? She goes, are you by chance a Christian? Yes, I am. Now, how would she know that? We weren't in a church. We weren't playing praise and worship songs. I wasn't trying to dance to Lecrae. I wasn't doing any of the churchy things. We were just there. And yet somehow through all of the different things happening in that moment, she looked at me, she looked at our family and she thought there is something different about them. To the point where she, she, she got my attention and she said, are you by chance a Christian? Now, I'm telling you this not to be like, whoa, Tommy, that's great. I'm telling you this was two weeks ago. I'm not telling you a story that's from 12 years ago, Tommy's big highlight video. This is real stuff that we all get to try to live out every single day. And I'm not asking you to do something that I personally am not trying to do myself. People should already know you're a follower of Jesus because we obey the Lord because we obey the Lord so is it possible that some people at work even though you don't carry a Bible would know you have faith in him is it possible students at school you're not wearing the church clothes t-shirt but they know there's something different about you they're watching you, they're watching you, and they're waiting to see if you mess up. They're waiting to see if you fall in a hole. They're waiting to see if you're just like everybody else that tries to do this thing, because when that happens, oh, you're just like everybody else. You try to do this, but you fell in a hole. I'll see you at the party on Friday. You can do this. It is possible. Paul ends this portion of instruction in this letter to the church. He says, hold firmly to the word of life. If it was easy, then why would you have to hold firmly to it? If it was easy... Why is the Bible filled with instruction for you and I for our everyday lives? If it was easy, man, everyone could do it, but it is simple. The directions are laid out right here. Why should you hold firmly to the Bible? Because it gives you the instructions of how to get from the start to finish. It gives you the instructions to go from where you are right now to where God wants you to be in the end. Why wouldn't that be the most precious thing you could ever hold on to and never, ever, ever, ever let it go? It's the determining factor. It's what's going to give you the instructions when you don't know what to do. 
It's what's going to help you when you think to yourself, I got no way out. You see this hole, this hole, this temptation, that temptation. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say yes to and I don't know what to say no to. Hold on to the word of life because it'll help you in those moments. I got a little short video for you to watch and then I'll be back up in just a moment. Up until this week, I didn't know that was possible for me. Up until this week, I thought someone designed the game. Someone made the game. But I didn't know it was possible for me. There's someone that designed life. There's someone that designed you. And you might be here today and you think, it's not possible for me. It's not possible for me to do life right because I've fallen the hole over and over and over and over again. Thank Jesus for fresh starts but I want you to know what you think is impossible is possible for you. Obeying God isn't going to take away all of the holes. It isn't going to take away all the temptation or all of the things that come at you. All of those things are very present, but in those moments, God creates a way for you. He is a way maker for us, regardless of where you are on that journey. Maybe you're at the start. Maybe you're close to the finish. Maybe you're in one of those moments where all of you are like, 
Maybe you're at a crucial time in your life and you're thinking, oh my gosh, if I go the wrong way here, it's over for me. It's never over for you as long as you have Jesus right here. You might fall in a hole, but if you hold on to Jesus, you get another shot. You get another shot. But I want you to know he doesn't only want to be your savior, he wants to be your Lord. Give him that chance. Give him that chance. Obeying Jesus is not easy, but it makes life easier. It makes life easier. You have an opportunity to respond in that way and say, Jesus, it's not easy, but with you it's easier. And I'm gonna choose, I'm gonna choose to believe in you. I'm gonna choose to follow you. I'm gonna choose to obey you. Because I know what you can do for me. I would invite you to stand. The band is going to lead us in a song, very familiar song, it's called Waymaker. And it is always a big thing for me to give whoever it is that I'm speaking to, the opportunity to respond physically as well as responding emotionally. I don't want you to just be like, well, that was a great service. Yeah, I'm gonna do this thing, try to, try to obey God more and then leave and go do whatever you want to do. I want you to match physically what you're wanting to do spiritually. So if you're here in this place today and you're saying, Tommy, I'm at the bottom of a hole. I need Jesus to help me. I will invite you to come down here to the front and make that declaration to Jesus as we're singing. Maybe you're in a dangerous place right now. Praise God, there's people already coming. Thank you, sir. Maybe, maybe you're in a place in your life and you don't know where to go. You're at this moment of decision trying to figure out, do I go left or do I go right? What am I supposed to do? Jesus is your way maker. I invite you to come down here to the front. Maybe you've been on this journey and you're praying that others would just follow suit. You're praying, Lord, help me to be an example that others can follow and say, if he can do it, if she can do it, then I can do it. And you desperately want your kids, your family members, your coworkers to follow after you. Jesus is your way maker through this life. And I invite you to come down here to the front. Whatever it is that God might be speaking to you or leading you, I encourage you, I encourage you, I encourage you. Take this moment to respond physically to what God is already doing you, doing in you internally, and then I'll be back up in just a few moments. <laughs>